Hi, and welcome to the Ethnos New Brunswick podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today. Ethnos is a new organization looking to join in the holistic, community-transforming work happening in New Brunswick and Highland Park. Part of that includes thinking about the spiritual health and vitality of our community. Each week, our gathering is meant to give our community a safe and helpful place for that. Today's episode, Embracing the Call, Men, is the first in our series called Stand, with the conversation being led by lead pastor, Yukon Chu. We are in the middle, or getting started still, really, with a series called Stand, uh, discovering and understanding men and women and their destiny, our destiny in Jesus. And the reason why we're going through this series, well, we got started last Sunday, actually, on Mother's Day, and so we thought it'd be good to just talk about moms and talk about women and talk about the importance that women have in our society, but we decided to actually kind of prolong the conversation and take it all the way through June and, and pretty much have each week focus on men and women like, like interchangeably. So last week we focused on women, this week we'll focus on men, next week we'll do women and then men and kind of go through that. And the reason we're doing this, of course, is not just because the holidays were here, like Mother's Day and Father's Day will be coming up. That's not the only reason why we chose to do that. We chose to do this conversation also because, as many of you probably are aware of, there is a lot of, I think, confusion and complications when it comes to thinking about who we are as men and women. Last week, we talked about this idea that there are a lot of mixed messages, aren't there, out there, especially for women. This week, as we focus on men, I I think the same could easily be said, that there are a lot of mixed messages out there about who men ought to be or ought not to be. In fact, some of us in this room have probably struggled through that quite a bit. But for men especially, it gets started, honestly, pretty young. Psychologists have clearly identified that this issue of fatherlessness in our society, both in this country and elsewhere, has more of an effect in many ways on men or boys compared to girls. Not that it doesn't affect girls, we're not saying that, but there are significant issues happening with young boys that seem to have a more profound effect. So for example, did you know that the high school dropout rate here in the U.S. is twice as high for boys than women? Did you know that boys, when they start with women here or young girls, at the age of 10, guess what, the suicide rate between boys and girls are act- is actually the same, but, the, but by the time those young men and women hit the age of 24, boys are six times more likely to commit suicide. And so we are going through, in many ways, in our day and age, a, a crisis, honestly, as we think about the overall health and well-being of men in our society. And so today, we are going to take a moment to focus in on, like we did last week, we focused in on on women and thinking through what God's vision, God's call for women were. Today, we're going to do that with men and take a moment to think through this. Obviously, there are men in this room. This will be hopefully encouraging to you. For those of you who are not men in this room, hopefully this will be encouraging for you as well as you think about the men you love 
around you in your life. Let's get started then with this question around your tables. Why don't you take a brief moment and ask this question of each other. What, as you think about the men in your life, let's, let's get back on the positive note. I kind of got started on a pretty intense negative note here. Let's get back on a positive note. What, as you think about the men in your life, what do you like the most about those men? And in fact, I actually made an edit. I guess the edit didn't make the, the sc screen. Don't ask what you like the least, okay? That wasn't supposed to be there. I wanted to get back to the positive. Two minutes, turn to the people around you. What, as you think about the men in your life, what, what do you like the most about these men? All right, let's think through this together. Huh? Who wants to take a brief moment and share with the rest of the group here tonight, or this morning, uh, what you like most about the men in your life? Don't be afraid. Okay, we're going to go back there. All right, you're making me work this morning, Tracy. Good to see you here this morning. Um, what I spoke about was that um, what I like most about the men in my life, thinking about my dad mostly, but also my boyfriend here, is that they're very selfless and um, doing things even though it's not convenient for them. Like my dad always gets my car fixed for me even though I should probably start doing it, but <laughs> things like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome, that's awesome. Let's give it up for Tracy, yeah, that's great. It's great that you have some men in your life like that. Who else, who else wants to share a little bit about, yeah, yeah. Um, you, Yukon, you, uh, you took me out to lunch a couple days ago, and um, you just been like guiding me and mentoring me, and I just appreciate the guidance, and you know, uh, it's just good to have someone uh, to care and to help, help me, because you know, I grew up without a father, so I appreciate that. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah. Who else? What else do you like about the men in your life? Yeah, we'll head back here. The youth section, let's give it up for the high school tables. High schoolers, what's up? Good morning. I think for me, what I look, uh, like most about the men in my life is that uh, I think a lot of the fatherly love and care that I got wasn't actually from my father, and it was from like these other male members that I had in my life, but it provided me with a space to be able to express my opinions and just, um, there were many men in my life as well, especially you, Yukon, who just kind of broke that mold of like, all women are like this, all men are like this. There's like, it kind of broke down stereotypes and barriers that I grew up with just to realize that, you know, not all men are mean people and not all of them are rude and crude. But uh, it was great to have somebody like that in my life because then it makes me more open to talking to a wider variety of people, not just sticking to what I know and whoever looks like me or acts like me. So it was yeah. good. Awesome. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you. I appreciate that. Anybody else this morning? Okay, whoa. Over here, over here, yeah. Yes, I, mean, I should have put on my Fitbit today. Yeah. Good morning. Um, I think for me, um, I grew up without a father, and um, my, I'm a single mother. So uh, looking at my, I have two brothers. So looking at my brother, my youngest brother with his children, he's just so attentive, and he, he, he's just like, uh, an amazing father. So I admire that about him and I admire my father for coming back into our life and, and knowing that, you know, it, it's never too late to be a father. So I, I, I admire that about the men in my life. Oh, that's great. That's great, Samantha. Thanks so much. Let's give it up for Samantha. Yeah. Yeah. Over here. All right. Yeah. 
Ok, bueno, yo eh, primero eh, darle gracias a Dios por su vida. First, I want to give thanks to God for your life. Porque usted es como un papá para nosotros y está en pendiente de todos nosotros. Because you are like a father to us and you are always taking care of us. Es un hombre muy generoso y sobre todo que ama a Dios. You are a very generous man and uh, above all you love God. Y también este, bueno, mi papá ya no está acá en vida. Eh, y mi papá era un hombre muy afectuoso, muy generoso con, con nosotros, su familia, bueno, con mi mamá también. And my father is no longer uh, with us, but my father was also a very generous and affectionate man. Y yo creo que no todo lo, como decía Jenny, no todos los hombres son malos. Yo creo que siempre hay, más que todo el hombre que ama a Dios, siempre va a ser muy respetuoso con, con la pareja o con las hermanas de la iglesia, ¿no? And like she said, not all men are, men, are bad, and, uh, and there are men who love God, and they... <laughs> ¿Y qué más fue lo que dijo? Ay, que, que aman a la iglesia. And that there are men who love God and love the church. Dios los bendiga a todos. God bless you all. <laughs> Thank you, Malagbas. Gracias. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm, it's so good to hear these uh, kind words to different men in your lives. How many of you felt like that was actually helpful? Even just a brief moment, just think positive thoughts about men, honestly. Like, how many of you found it helpful? Okay, good, good. Yeah, because I, I, for whatever reason, honestly, I feel like for many of us, it's easy to think the opposite, right? I mean, how many of you, just honestly, when you think about men, you tend to like start with the negative. Just be honest. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Like the whole youth section is like, yes. <laughs> I hope my kids didn't raise their hands. Kids, did you raise your hands? Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, it, is, it is really fascinating that I think for various reasons, um, like I said earlier, we, we're in a time period where there really is some sort of crisis, I would say, as we think about men in our world today. And my hope today is that we can not just be positive just because we want to be positive. My hope is that we will actually catch a vision, catch a vision for how men can be, a vision that is compelling, a vision that is encouraging, a vision where as you listen to this picture of a man, you will think to yourself, yeah, I want to be like that. Or I want my friends to be like that, not in some sort of judgmental way, not in some sort of like, hey, there's this high standard that you have to live up to, and if you can't, shame on you. No, my hope is that we will collectively capture a vision of what men can and should be as a community, because guess what? Our city needs it here, our country needs it, our world needs it, but more importantly, you need it. Your family needs it. Your neighborhood needs it. In fact, let me just share this with you really quick, just to bring it home. Uh, I was talking to some community organizers here in New Brunswick. It's estimated that 60% of families in New Brunswick come from single, or, or single family, family homes. Uh, single mom homes, excuse me. Not just single family, single mom homes. That's the estimate right now, word on the street. And let me bring it closer to home here. 
For a long time, we had many more women than men in this room. If you've been here since the beginning of Ethnos, you will know that at one point in time, Ethnos was like 70, almost 80% women. I'm glad it's not the case today as I look around. I do see more men. Thank you, men, for showing up. But I actually have been praying something for 2018, and, and I've, I've told our friends who love Ethnos that, that don't live in New Brunswick but are outside around the country, I have a personal prayer that God would raise up 30 new men here at Ethnos to begin to serve and take leadership here at Ethnos. It's been interesting. We're about month five into 2018, and I can look around and I see some of you this, is, this year, you've been stepping up. God has been working in your life. We've been praying for you. And we want to see more of that happen. In any case, let's get to now then the scriptures of Jesus and think through, from his perspective, what a man can be and should be like. As many of you know, we take a moment every week to look at the teachings of Jesus. We do this because we believe while there are a lot of options and varieties of spiritual truth out there, Jesus is unique, and we think there's something He has that's unique for us to listen to and follow. And so we take a moment to look at His teaching every week. You can, of course, bring the perspective you have, the teachings you grew up with, or perhaps are thinking through, to the tables as we discuss. That's totally fine, but we'll be looking at His teachings. And today, we are actually going to continue to look at that same piece of Scripture we looked at last week when we thought about women. But this time, that piece of Scripture will look at men. Last week, we looked at a Scripture called Proverbs, and we looked at the last chapter in that Scripture, Proverbs 31, got a picture of what a woman could be and should be, and it was a wonderful, powerful picture. Thank you, women who came up to me afterwards and said, wow, that was a helpful conversation. I found encouragement in that. Today, we're going to go to the beginning of that scripture, Proverbs, and we're going to look at an excerpt from the opening chapters of this scripture. It's a really interesting opening chapter, or the, the first few chapters, because the way the, these chapters are written, they're written as if a father was talking to a son, on a very personal note. And so we're going to read through this excerpt here this morning, and as we read through it, I'm going to just point out five characteristics that I find being described here. I'm going to talk about it, and then we're going to get back into our discussion tables to see what we think about these five characteristics and how we can encourage the men that we are or encourage the men that are around us. And so take a look, the excerpts on your table. Again, this is a pretty unique excerpt. Notice how it's written. I'll get started on the top. It says this, My son, do not forget my teaching. But keep my commandments in your hearts, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your bones, to your body, and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, 
with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline, and do not resent His rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those He loves as a father, the son He delights in. You know, there are five characteristics here that I want to just highlight, and then we'll get, again, get into some more discussion. Five characteristics that I find very encouraging and inspiring about this relationship being described here and about the man that this son is, that this father is trying to encourage his son to be. First of all, as we get this excerpt started, we notice that the son is already in a mentoring relationship with the father, is he not? And so that, I think, is the first trait that we need to think about and realize that, wow, in order to be the men we need to be, we need to embrace mentorship. We need to be willing to say as men, hey, I need help, and I'm going to find someone I can listen to and receive help from. Some of you know this uh, because I've told you this, men in this room, and the women, you've definitely known this too, but let me just tell you a little secret, uh, everybody, men and women, what I do as a pastor often. Many times people will come to me and ask me a question as they're thinking about dating someone, especially the women here in this room. Uh, many, again, for a long time, uh, when we first got started, met most of our leaders were women, and so I felt like I was in a lot of conversations where our young women were trying to figure out, hey, is this guy somebody I should date? Is this guy somebody I shouldn't date? And many of you young women know that one of the first things I always ask you to think about, about the men you were interested in, or at least the men that were interested in you, was does that man have a mentor? Does that guy who likes you, does that guy you like have a mentor? Because if he doesn't have a mentor... I've been a pastor for 15 years. I've done a lot of weddings. I've seen a lot of things happen. If he doesn't have a mentor, if he's not submitting to another man, danger, red flags, I would not go forward. This man, as we get this poem started or this excerpt started, he is in a mentoring relationship. What a good example for us to pursue. As we get going, as he's continuing this conversation, this father with a son, we see that this father is telling him, notice in the second paragraph, to pursue a persistent commitment to the things he's about to teach. Notice he says, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. It's like get a tattoo on your heart with what I'm about to tell you. Then you'll win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. I love this, this description because it's plain and simple. This father is trying to tell him, number two, that in order to be the man you and I want to be, we have to embrace a consistent pursuit of the good things in life. We'll get to what those good things are, but we would say these are the things of God. Now, I think this is so key because... As we talked about, right, earlier, this, this issue of fatherlessness and how mental health has been affected by this in our society today quite a bit, 
Uh, psychologists do say that the number one mental health issue that they see young boys falling into is actually ADHD. And I find that really fascinating, right? That, that, that a, lack of fatherless, a lack of a father figure, a lack of a mentor would very quickly produce that. And here in this, in this teaching, mentor, first thing the mentor says, be consistent. Be persistent. Let certain things never leave you. Grab onto those things and keep going with love and faithfulness. And so we need to learn how to hold on to the long haul. And then, of course, as the teaching continues here between father and son, the third thing we begin to see in paragraphs three and four is suddenly the, the father begins to really focus in on this issue of how we need to hold on to the things of God. And not only do we need to hold on to the things of God, we need to trust the things of God more than we trust ourselves. Trust in the Lord, the third paragraph says, with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways submit to Him and He will make your path straight. I love the way this is describing it because I think as men, many of us, we have big egos. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, because I think it's good to be confident. I think it's good to be strong. I think we need an ego. But when the ego gets in the way of God, that's when things get a little dangerous. And so here we see this third exhortation, this third characteristic. We need to learn how to kill our ego and embrace the lordship or the leadership of God, specifically Jesus. And we'll talk a little bit more about why that's important. And then as the paragraph continues, notice how in the fifth section, the fifth paragraph, the first application of that, the first application of learning to submit to God, let God be God and you be you, he switches and talks about the stuff that we have, our wealth what we hold on to, what, what we own, so to speak. And notice what he says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. It's interesting, I think, that he switches immediately to our possessions as men. And so the fourth trait we need to embrace, that we need to pursue is to learn to let, to realize that our stuff belongs to God. I think it's, I find it fascinating, right, because I don't know about you, and maybe, maybe this is a guy thing, I think many guys, we like our stuff. I think we all like our stuff, but, you know, men, let's be honest, we like our stuff in a unique way, don't we? There's like that gadget, or that there's that one thing you have, or that one hobby you like, and you're like, that's my stuff, I love that. There's that stereotypical, like, guy's den that we talk about. Of course, not all of us have that. Not all of our cultures embrace that. But for some of our cultures, you know, that, it's like, why, why, why is it that we, we have that as men? It's interesting that honoring God, as this person talks about it, he gets the first application is to, to make sure we, we think about that and apply that to the stuff that we have. Interesting. And then last but not least, this last paragraph, fascinating. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. 
and did not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves and as a father, the son he delights in. He's talking just father and son now, really honestly, really personally. Uh, guess what? You're going to be wrong sometimes. And you and I as men, we're going to need to learn how to admit that we're wrong, accept correct correction from God. We're going to have to pursue that sort of humility. And so the last trait we see here basically is, men, we need to learn how to accept correction from God. I've done a lot of talking now. I would love for us to reflect with each other on this scripture and on what's being described here. And I want you to kind of talk about, yeah, what do you think? Do you agree or disagree what's being described? But as you talk about it, maybe, maybe you could frame it like this as well with this next, next question. What are some things you're seeing here that you can actually pray for, for yourself and for the men in your lives, okay? Two minutes, five questions. Two minutes, five questions. Two minutes, one question. Turn to your neighbor. Let's process this together. Let's think through this together here. Um, right, what, what were you talking about at your tables? What, what do you agree with, disagree with? What are some things you feel like, wow, that's, that was good. I, I need to be praying for that for myself or for the men around me. Who wants to share what you've been processing? So um, we discussed the lack of mentorship being modeled by like, both our, like, our fathers, um, but also in the church in, um, well, in, in certain aspects like, or certain cultures um, that can be lacking. Like, yeah. I think we're just kind of falling into this pattern of thinking that you know, we're just like, independent. We can do it on our own. And you know. yeah. so mentorship is, is, is a big deal, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I feel like uh, for many of us men, we've probably grew up in cultures and families where the independent, kind of strong, distant male, for whatever reason, was present or was modeled or was, you know, exalted even. And um, yeah, that, that has a deep effect on this issue of mentorship because it's hard to have a mentor if that's the model we have, yeah. What else, what else are you, are you thinking about? Yeah, we'll go back here. I think that one thing we could pray for is just the fact that, to acknowledge the fact that it's okay to submit to another man. I think as like, like you were talking about the egotistical point of view, how some people just don't wanna submit to anybody because they think that they're up there and they're in control of the things around them and that nobody else can tell them what to do and whatever they say is right and nobody can change that. But I feel like if they just took the time to really look up to God and submit to God and let God do the work in their families and just in them, then they would realize that a lot of the things that they're holding on top of themselves could be easily lifted and that it wouldn't be so much of a burden of having to me be the role model in the house if God was at the center of everything. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the, one of the most formative memories I have uh, growing up in my family, and uh, some of you have heard my uh, family background definitely wasn't the perfect family background at all, but uh, one of the really interesting moments I had was when uh, I must have been in second grade, I think, and we were having dinner together as a family, and uh, my, my parents, especially my dad, would really, uh, in that time period, like get, 
get upset at us if we made mistakes, right? Um, and, and at the dining table, if you spill or something like that, that's just, you know, bad things were going to happen. And I remember, you know, I think it was a dinner or something like that when, when we were really upset or when my dad was getting upset because we weren't doing things right. And then all of a sudden, he spilled something. And what I remember is, like, he didn't know what to do, so he just left the table. And um, I think that was, you know, just a, a picture of what, what we as men struggle with. It's hard to admit that we've done something wrong because for whatever reason, the way we're broken is oftentimes our, our egos are, are getting in the way of something good that God wants to do. And this idea of just knowing that, hey, we can submit to somebody else, that we can admit we're wrong, man, that is a difficult challenge for us as men. What else? What else are you reflecting on here? Yeah. Um, we were sharing here, and Antonio shared with us that um, in his family, he grew up uh, with a single mother uh, of seven sons. Uh, <laughs> so uh, he's like, for me, it was very different that um, the characteristic she would teach us to respect women, to love them, and to, so he kind of grew up with that, battling with that as like a brother of six others with the mother role, just to learn to respect. So I guess a prayer for that characteristic that men can too learn to respect uh, women that way. Wow, Antonio. <laughs> we need to talk to your mom about how that handled. Wow, that's pretty impressive, <laughs> okay. All right. Any, anybody else? Anybody else? Oh, yeah. Uh, like Antonio, uh, I had a single mom, and she taught us those values as well. But I think uh, what was powerful is she also encouraged us to find male mentorship. And what Pamela and I were talking about, about young men who may not have male mentorship and not someone who encourages them to find male mentorship, um, but that's where a community can uh, be a valuable resource. Absolutely. absolutely, Matthew. Yeah, absolutely. I remember uh, my first male mentor was actually after I came to Jesus. My first male mentor was my pastor, my youth pastor. And so, like some of you have mentioned, um, this place, Ethnos, has been a place where you've begun to find that. And we're glad for that. And we want that to continue to happen. Oh, that's really good. Well, I, I want to begin to transition our, our processing here this morning into a time of reflection, as we usually do, a time of personal reflection and engagement. And as we do that, I want to do two things. First of all, I want to invite up our music team. They're going to guide us in a moment of reflection. But I also want to bring up this last point uh, in order to help us properly reflect. We mentioned last week, as we looked at the vision of what women could and should be, we, we mentioned how when it comes to Jesus and these standards that we read in his scriptures, that Jesus is very clear that in his application of the standards onto us, his mindset is not one of judgment and condemnation. Like, hey, look at this picture. Man, you're totally not like this. You're terrible. Shape up. You know, that's not the mindset of Jesus. That's not how Jesus understands Scripture, how He applies Scripture. It's not how He understands us as well. Jesus is very clear that as we look into this Scripture of His, He's very clear 
to know that, guess what? You and I cannot live up to this. In fact, that's why He came to us in the first place. He came to do something for us, not just die on a cross for our misdeeds, but He actually came to live a perfect life, to live a righteous life, to live a life that met up to this standard so that when we trust in Him, that standard actually gets applied to us. In fact, look at this last scripture here this morning, and this is just so key as we try to understand, you know, how can we relate to God better? How does this all fit in with our own transformation? Notice this last scripture. It says this, son though he was, we're talking about Jesus. This is in a letter now um, in the, after Jesus was here, a letter written to other Jesus followers talking about the work of Jesus in their lives. He, it says this, son, referring to Jesus, though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. There's a lot of details here that we could get into that we won't, but notice kind of the general gist. Jesus, when he came to us, yes, he was God embodied in a man, but he was also fully man. And he had to, in his lifetime here, his 33 or so years here, he had to learn obedience. Not that he wasn't perfect, but he was a man. He had to, he had to learn how to follow God. He had to learn how to live up to the standard. And guess what? He did it. He lived up to this. And because he lived up to this, it says here, he then became the source of eternal salvation. What that means is he became a person that we could truly trust in, but his, his perfect life, the Scriptures will tell us later, that becomes applied to us so we can begin to have a vibrant and real relationship with God. It's this phrase that we've mentioned here or there, here or there, a few times here in the last few months, this idea of justification this application of this perfect life of God into our accounts. And so as we think about the men that we're trying to be, as we think about the men that are around us, the take-home application shouldn't be, oh man, I just need to try harder. Because that's, that's just not the way of Jesus. The way of Jesus is like, yes, you're broken, what you need to do is come to me, the source. I've lived it perfectly. I can give you something to help you to begin to live it as well. Father, we thank you for this song. It is a song we pray for ourselves. Would you fill us with the wonder of your love? We, we say to you, we do build our life, the foundation of our life on you. You were the one who came and lived perfectly in the midst of the challenges that we face. And as, as we aspire to be the men and support the men in our lives, we look to you. We ask for your strength. We ask for your power to make this possible. Thank you, God, for this time. Be with us as we continue through this day and this week. It's in Jesus we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for today's conversation. 
For more information about Ethnos New Brunswick, visit us at ethnosnb.com.